Good afternoon and welcome to episode 43 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. And with me, as always, is Corrine. Hello. Hi, Steve. So today, what we, we've um, charted to try and discuss in some way or form is the sort of interchange, if you like, between the digital planning world and the analog planning world and sort of the overlap between the two. And we're going to try and suggest some ideas of how the two can overlap and still keep you sane. And that's the important thing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if anything can keep me sane. I'm off the deep end already, <laughs> but at least keep me going from over, going over completely. So, so, do we push you or do we hold on? <laughs> <laughs> Let go, Steve. Push, push. Oh. It's okay. I'll fall on yeah. the rocks of despair. <laughs> and that's where a lot of us end up, isn't it? With I'm trying it, it, to it's, figure out it's that what happens. month of the year when it all happens, isn't it? And, oh, God. Yeah, know. we are in the last month of the year and everybody is trying to collectively, as you say, do 11 months of work in one month span. <laughs> <laughs> Headless chicken mode has been engaged. Yeah, nothing ever gets done in December because everyone's spinning their wheels madly trying to get it all done. Sort of polished and out of the door and say ta-ta to the year. Right. But anyway, and in doing so, in doing so, we we end up emptying our inboxes, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I know yes, you're. Yes, of course. <laughs> but you shouldn't be just doing it in zero. December. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. December thirty first. Delete all. <laughs> Or you do my trick. When I was working, you you never actually announce what day you're returning on. To the, generally, you always tell them it's the day after. Then you get a nice quiet first day back. Right. <laughs> and you buy surprise yourself a few extra people. Day. Yeah. yeah. Surprise a few people by actually being in the office when the, when you when everyone else thought you were still on leave. <laughs> Or hide in your office as much as possible so that they don't see you there. <laughs> Keep the door closed and the lights out. That's the trick. <laughs> Nobody comes and bothers you that way. So, how do we tackle um, sort of to-do lists? It, it, I, I ask the question, when is something a to-do list item? And when is something a calendar entry? Now, obviously, appointments fall into a calendar not quite naturally, but could a to-do item, um, particularly if it's got a time associated with it, should that be on the calendar or should it still be in the to-do list? Give an example, Steve, because I think with an example, we can kind of wrap our heads around well, what, what we're talking about. I have about. sort of fairly often sort of things that happen daily basis or weekly basis. But I sort of time them um, to sort of to remind me to do something at a specific time on that day in advance sort of thing, maybe every week sort of thing. Um, so let's now, say, for example, would be like a garbage day would be yeah. Wednesday at, I don't know, 8 a.m. And yep, it repeats some, every week. Yeah. So that's a to do because you're tasked with um, cleaning out the garbage bins and making sure that they're at the curb or whatever it is mm. that you do on that day. But it's also a calendric item because there is a time and space where all mm. of this happens. To actually do it, yes. So it's the collision of to-dos and calendric appointments, right? You have an appointment with the garbage man, basically. <laughs> it's like that collision in space. 
<laughs> well, it is. It's the time-space continuum. You can't have an appointment without a time and place, yeah, right? You have exactly. to have both. Otherwise, it's not an appointment. <laughs> so you have an appointment with the garbage man. You don't know when. You don't know what time. You just know sometime yeah. next week. It's like, that's not going to work. So to continue this discussion, yep. where I end up at the moment doing is I split my to-do list, if you like, for want of a better word, between electronic and paper. The, the regular things that happen either every day in sort of terms of, you know, remembering to take medication or every week or yep. on specific days of the week and they're the same time sort of either every week, every two weeks or whatever. Um, I do all that electronically because it's simple and straightforward to set up. And once it's set up, hopefully it will just keep running and just keep reminding you of that same pattern all the time. I could do it on paper. It, you know, the same thing would work on paper. Sure. But there's the, the, the built-in hazard, in my case, of remembering to actually write the thing down, whereas electronically, it's once done, it's sort of there for fine. Where that for that you now that works fine for sort of you know fifty odd weeks of the year, fine, perfect. Where it fails is if I change time zones, and then it all mm. goes completely to pot, and <laughs> the the sort of dreaded thing happens of all my to dos get shifted an hour or two hours or whichever way I'm <laughs> heading. <laughs> And I suddenly find, oh, hold on. So it's my six, six o'clock normal alarm um, suddenly becomes five o'clock if I'm in London. I'm going, oh, what, what's happening there? So <laughs> whilst you can set, electronically this is, whilst you can set um, a calendar entry to be for a specific right. time zone, you don't seem, to, I haven't discovered a program yet that lets you set them for to-dos as well, which is crazy really because and unless if someone's got the answer to that who's listening please let me know because i may have an answer to that and i think the only way to do that is to stop your phone i'm assuming you're using your mobile device yeah. to get these uh, these um warnings and alarms and so the only way to do that is to stop the phone automatically updating to the, the new time zone mm. and you change the time zone <laughs> or the <laughs> clock back on the phone so mm. that it affects everything else on yeah on the so it phone. always thinks That's it's still way. here correct which is a bit of a crazy thing isn't it if you think it, about it, it is you're gonna have building. to wear a, a watch on your wrist to be able to find the time and deal with <laughs> appointments or i would think i would think another solution and this is a workaround more than a solution is that what happens steve in case your phone gets stolen or lost now you're without any of your updates and alarms mm. and so i would think if you were traveling i would use this time to update in my planner all the automated things i have for the mm. next couple of weeks just to make sure that they're there in case the phone just breaks down or gets wiped out or whatever. whatever. There, is, there, is, there is a sort of a sort of halfway house solution is to actually during that time I'm away to actually then revert to paper. Um, yeah. Just right. for that period. So I've got, no, I have, if you like, a master list in the front of my planner, 
which is just a simple um, weak grid. It's just a, little, a small time grid of the, four, the, the, the seven days sort of vertically going down the page and then times sort of, you know, going across sort of thing. So I can actually sort of visualize where things are in any one week. And I, that's how I worked out when things had to happen right. initially. Um, but um, it, it's far from a sort of a, a sort of a lifetime solution. But it's... <laughs> Well, it's always a work in progress the way I see it. Mm. It's never actually going to get done. It'll be done the day that we're inevitable happens and we're no longer on this planet. Um, the whole point of this is to keep up with things that happen. And I, I go back to the old adage that as far as businesses go, a business is only as strong as the ability of its owner to walk away from it and have the business mm. still keep running. The same can be applied to our lives. Our lives and our schedules are only as strong as our ability to drop and walk away from it at any given moment and have things still be on automatic. Mm. And I think that's one of the greatest points that you've brought into this is the ability of the analog world to use the digital products and, like I said, use them and not abuse them. And that's where the, yeah. the, the gap happens is everybody becomes overwhelmed with them and they just want to use them and they just want to be part of this always always already obsolete stuff that is obsolete the minute you buy it from the store because next week the new one's coming out. And one of the things that I talk about in the first class lifestyle with Planerology is the ability for us to create this part of our lives that has automation in it. I call that automation nirvana. And mm. why not? And we've talked about this app before, the Routines app. I don't know if you've used that at all or not Steve, but it's a great app where, and we'll put details in it at the end again. I, I highly like this app because like Steve, I like to automate some of the things that I don't have to write down all the time. And I know that I like these alarms coming up and reminding me, hey, it's the seasonal gutter cleaning time of the year. I don't have to think about that. The thing alarms me and tells me, hey, go, go do this. But I also like to keep track of that on a paper planner because it's the backup system. Now, how do we define, going back to our original conversation, how do we define what's a to-do and what's what goes on the calendar if it's a calendric appointment? And I like to keep the to-dos on a separate list until they get a time and place. So, yeah. for example, I may have a to-do would be, I don't know, organize the office, for example, fine. That's a to-do. There's not a time, there's not a place to do that. No. And maybe there are several things that need to happen for that office to get organized. Maybe there's paper shredding that has to happen. Maybe there's receipt scanning that has to happen. And all of these things now can be scheduled and created into a small project. And that project can then be delegated to a calendar. But a calendar has dates on it for a reason. Because, you know, everybody says, well, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to do something someday. Someday doesn't exist on the calendar. If you look, there's nowhere <laughs> on any date that says someday. <laughs> they all have a specific number on them. So you, the way I see it is that you've got to pick a specific day and then delegate your to-do. Take it off of the to-do and put it onto the shall-do <laughs> list. I, I thought with, that, that day at the end of the week was Sunday. No, no, someday. Oh. <laughs> someday, S-O-M-E. <laughs> yeah, that's Steve and his morbid sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, someday. Um, <laughs> let me let me enunciate my ums today. 
So uh, the idea being that, yeah, I have master task lists as well. I agree with, with Steve. Um, having the master task lists, I like to do them on a monthly basis and then on an annual basis. So I really only have 13 sets. They're monthly and then the one major annual. The annual gets looked at and then subdivided into the monthlies. The monthlies get looked at at the end of every month and things get moved over. And if there's stuff that just keeps carrying over, <laughs> that's an indicator that needs to have a date and time when that thing gets completed because otherwise you're perpetually carrying it over. Would you agree, Steve? That happens to you as well. <laughs> yes, of course. It happens to all of us. Uh, looking at my um, A5 yeah. layout, which I've been using now for some time, I'm actually sort of part way there now. Now I'm using it properly in the sense that on the on the right hand side, I have the sort of to do lists of the just in any sort of order. I do sort of put them into sort of slight context. OK, but the left hand column is split up into days. And quite often I will put a to do in a particular day might not have a specific time, but okay. I do sort of allot it a natural day that it's actually got to happen on. Um, so it's only one step further to actually put and assign a, a natural time to it, maybe, or if, if it needs to have, to sort of get it to skip a further across the left, where it would actually get a time and a an actual sort of description of what it was. And, and that is a natural progression of understanding yeah. how to deal with a to-do list, right? Sometimes mm. you may know the time of something, but you just don't know what day it's yeah. going to happen on. Now, the strange thing is with this solution, you know, it's already there. It's staring me at me off the page almost. Is, Winking at you. Yeah, almost. It's the strange layout in a way that it's working from right to left, if you think of the progression. Now, given that um, I actually previously used a famous brand planner that used a similar layout, but not exactly the same, which was with the appointments on the right-hand page and the tasks and what have you on the left-hand page, I think that that's the sort of idea they had in mind. Of you, you still went from left to right, Right. But I just couldn't get on with this business of the appointments being on the right-hand side. It just didn't seem natural to me. That the um, appointments needed to be on the left-hand side. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, and that's the way I, I've I always know a lot of people. I know my friend Pat Dugan also looked at that. She goes, it needs to be inversed. It needs to be reversed. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they've just got it backwards. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't bother me, the placement of these things. I don't really care because I have the weekly layout. Mm. And the weekly layout, to me tells me what has already been delegated everything else is just details in my head mm. so whether my to-do list is on the left side or the right side of that daily sheet is irrelevant to me yeah. so long as I can access it now if you're looking at it from the point of view as you said of just daily and you're only using those sheets then probably mm. it would be an irritation to think that first yeah. you've got to come up with with the solution before you've come up with the problem <laughs> right it, it would yes. be the strange thing is designing these various diary inserts 
I don't get to actually physically use all of them because they just only they only actually exist in my world in a lot of cases. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we're taking the curtain away from the great Oz right now, and he's <laughs> confessing. They only actually <laughs> exist on the screen. I never actually print them out. <laughs> no, say it try ain't so, Steve. Say it ain't so. The great mighty Oz. <laughs> but this, you know, the the, the A five one. Um, you know that I have I've been using for what well, must be about five years now, nearly. Um, that really has had a lot of use um, and has gone through several iterations. I must admit, but um, the the basic layout of the thing hasn't really changed. And, and sort of now analysing it from our discussion, it it actually is quite you know almost perfect in the fact that you could go from you know. An unsort of scheduled um, task, right? To put it into a particular day, but any time in that day, and then another step would be to allocate it an actual time in a day, right? And you can then in- intermingle it in amongst whatever other, you know, meetings or or whatever you've got to do, sort of thing. Well, that's how I've got my my insert set up so that they're annual, monthly, mm. weekly, daily. So it goes from the widest, broad, broadest mm. strokes to the most detailed strokes, and it's all within the chronological order of reading in the mm. Western world from left to right. Yeah. So you're right. It is almost the perfect combination. And what happens with a lot of people, and I know this has happened with me, is midway through the year, I realize that the size or whatever it is I'm dealing with is not what I wanted, and I wanted to start fresh. And now I'm stuck with either those inserts not being available for the size that I wanted, or obviously I've got to start from scratch with whatever it is. And that means I've got to buy now new inserts or print new inserts or deal with something completely other than what I had set up. So it's exhausting. That's why the process of picking the inserts prior to the new year is so important. (laughs) There has to be a lot of effort and consternation put into making this happen. Um, otherwise, lest lest you be abandoned in sometime in July going, no, this is not what I wanted. Well, sooner than that, I would think. I think most people <laughs> sort of hit the buffers around about sort of February or March and then suddenly realize that this isn't working for them. Um, one of the amusing things that's come out of this discussion so far is I famously said I don't have more than sort of four appointments a day. <laughs> and, of course, the minute you say I don't. <laughs> it's... Yes, I can yes, see yes. that's going to change if I do adopt this idea of actually having timed, um, actual timed um, to-dos in, in the calendar part. But in doing so, it allows yeah. you to remove things off of your to-do list. and. Yeah off they go into the ethers once they're completed. Yeah. They just can be archived at that yeah. point. So good on you for being complete mm. with that cycle yeah. instead of perpetually moving them forward, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the cycle of of, a, of an item, of a tasking. I will do a sort of a mock-up of this particular um, spread that I'm using at the moment and then actually show the sort of transitional thing and, and I put that as a picture with this podcast because you know just out of this you know we're, we're sort of 19 minutes in and all of a sudden the solution has come to my problem out of nowhere <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen and this is here, exactly folks. what happens yeah you heard it here on the on the, on the podcast <laughs> one of the things that i admired about steve uh, is the fact that he has a indelible ability to 
reduce his email inbox to absolute zero. I am still a work in progress when it comes to that. And one of the biggest mistakes I made was thinking that my email inbox was my to-do list. And I think that's one of the things that David Allen talks about and says, look, that's not your to-do list. That's just stuff that's coming to your inbox. It's up to you to delegate and to mm. tell those items where they belong. And I think that would be a fantastic way for somebody that's trying to figure out the difference between to-dos and calendric items to delegate. Write down your master task list based on the first 20 emails that you have. Mm. Put down what needs to be done contextualize them, put them, in other words, put them in context, whether it's for the home, for the office, for whatever projects you've got going on, and then see if you can assign them dates so that you can actually delete those emails off of your inbox. There's great comfort in being able to delete something and know it's gone. Um, otherwise, I find that these things end up sticking around in the back of my mind. Have you noticed that, Steve? Mm, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. The, when was the last time you had an inbox zero? Pretty, pretty recently. It, it's, it's a continuous thing with me of mm. having to um, manage the thing because I do have quite a few email accounts. You know, it's not just one or two. As we it's all do. Ha it's half a dozen different accounts. Right. Now I separate those accounts out into different purposes um, for my other, you know, for so, so the blogging world. So. Filofaxi has its own inbox, as it were. All the comments that people post on the blog um, get sent out as emails as well. But so, but rather than them cluttering up the um, the normal sort of admin type e inbox, there's a separate email address purely just for the comments, and they arrive in that inbox. And whilst I read them, so you know to keep a check on what the comments are and what have you i don't actually i've got a sort of an auto archive taking place on that inbox that automatically archives all the red messages after three days so that one's always got something in it unless nobody's commented on anything which is unusual okay um, so that one's kept to a f absolute minimum um all the others though i keep um a, a running check on um dealing with things you know read the thing action it within a, a day or two or less than that and once it's been actioned archive so i don't some of the stuff that comes in gets you know just gets read and deleted if i don't need to do anything with it right if it's something i need to keep for later um records or whatever it gets archived that then disappears out of my inbox so the inbox is always kept at a nearly zero not always zero admittedly um but at a minimum you know no more certainly than... not the 1536 that were blinking no. at me the no. other week <laughs> if it goes above 30 that's quite high for me anything yeah. normal is sort of less than 10 or 15 emails in the inbox I've um, the issue with me, and I don't know if there's other listeners out there that have this. That, I know we all function differently. I'm a very visual person, so if it's mm. not in my sight, if it's not in my line of sight, I will forget about it. Mm. And I don't want to forget about client emails. I don't want to forget about all of these things. And there's a tedium involved in transferring information from email onto a planner, for example. Mm. 
but or and or printing out an email because now what the people were saying we're going to have the paperless office right people <laughs> need stuff written down <laughs> so that's why we end up spending money on toner and paper and printers is because we're never going to have the paperless office this is this is part of the human nature we're digital and analog beings all at the same time and until well, we get a grasp on that it's always going hmm. to be this back and forth what uh, i tend to try and do is because you can have days where you get lots and lots of emails come in that all require different things to be done is to literally make a note on the planner to actually respond to a particular email be it the person or yep. the subject or whatever and that's what now, i'm doing now i've incorporated that tip that you gave me yeah. a while back and that's been working for me yeah now whilst i have several accounts i actually could work off one account if need be but what i how i would then organize it would be to organize different folders for the different su subjects and what have you and then everything comes into the inbox and then i manually file it into a folder to sort of as a sort of a temporary storage area and then have that automatically archived um, and that sort of again works quite well because the inbox then if it's everything um you know right. like a common inbox um which you can do on most email applications by the way you can actually have a common inbox for all of the accounts that you've got right um you keep it all in one thing um and it's just easy to deal with and i think i've mentioned this other thing before is we get so tied up these days with messages of one description and emails and yeah Text messages, Facebook text. messages, the content, the information's coming in Just so Just coming fast. at you from all directions, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And quite a few times I've gone searching for a message from someone because, you no, know, I haven't responded to it. And I can't remember where, was Which it an email? Which was, was it a used to yeah. send it, yeah, yeah. And then you spend ages searching the wrong damn thing. Um, so write down where, which, what was it, an email, was it a Facebook message or whatever. It'll just save you the heartache that I've been through. <laughs> Go search for it again. <laughs> One of the tips I have for our listeners, I don't know if anybody else does this, but this was eye-opening to me, was creating, a f not a fake email address, but a throwaway email address, if that makes sense. Mm. One where um, I realized very quickly early on in email back in the 90s that spam was coming in at an alarming rate and it didn't matter if I wanted to participate in a contest or if I had given it out to a friend or if I had given it out to a co-worker they were all going to send me stuff to that same box and eventually the spammers went out and what happened mm. was I have an email address now with my maiden name that just only gets spam all the time that's all it does and so that's my throwaway email mm. address whenever I participate in a contest or if I want to donate money or whatever it is yeah. I use only that account because that's where all the advertisements come into mm. and that has been a tremendous uh, mental delegation or contextualization of email for me to not have to filter out that as it's coming in through all the other information that's coming through yeah. which is work that's and so on again something else that I've done is I do also have a separate email address for things where you sign up to things yeah. and then they want to send you the weekly notice or whatever. But I also, um, anything that arrives in my main email account, I check the relevance of it. Do I need to continually get this sort of stuff? 
be it monthly or whatever. Yeah. And I unsubscribe from most of them quite quickly. They have, I think it's called unsubscribeme.com. Yes, there's also. Uh, that's so, normally there's so it's many a little agencies. link down the bottom of the email. Well, that's the individual one, but unsubscribe me is an actual agency, and I think they oh, do for free see. initially. Mm. They will scour your email address and mm. see all the emails that have come through and automatically unsubscribe you. Oh, look out for from, that one. Yeah, yeah. So be careful. There are some nice agencies out there that are willing to help. Some of them cost money, and I think they'll say, like, if the first 20,000 emails is on us, and then after that you'll have to pay a small <laughs> fee. Uh, but it's actually life-changing because you get to reclaim your inbox mm. and that's going to be one of my goals for 2017 steve is to be able to not use my email inbox as a to-do list mm. and be feel free that's why god created the delete button <laughs> to delete <laughs> things that are in there i know mercedes-benz at one point had a fantastic um automatic message reply that they used to give their employees when they'd go on holiday and the automated automatic re reply would read something like this thank you for contacting me I am on holiday your email is being deleted if this is truly important please email me back after this date or reach out to so-and-so whoever is mm. taking up because Mercedes realized very quickly that when people were coming back from holiday they had to spend two three days coming mm. to terms with what had been and why bother why spend all of that time when it's an if it's an important issue can be delegated mm. by someone else and if not if it's absolutely no one else can deal with it except for you then why not deal with it when you're back in the office and have them mm. send it then a horrible thing to do <laughs> would be for any of us these days is to actually count how many emails you've received in one week oh yeah that would put it in perspective wouldn't it yeah. that would give us a nice metric to see where we're spending our time yeah and how much of a time suck this yeah. email actually is or you know don't go into facebook for a day right 24 hours and see what the number of notifications that are that come up yeah it, it, yeah you know we're just we're all sort of sort of slaves to notifications and slaves to sort of emails that are coming in and with all of us with a lot of people you know having mobile internet now we're just sort of constantly on the go that's why uh, we we love this podcast that's why we do yeah. this steve you and i we're on this mission the two of us are at least to help people come out of this system where you're just perpetually in this notification hell where it just mm. you can never take a holiday from it the minute you're on holiday you're already taking a picture yeah. of your toes and posting it on facebook <laughs> saying look now my toes are on holiday who cares go on holiday i don't want to hear from you for two weeks you know that's what i want to see is people people's ability to shut this off and that's why yeah. i belong and i subscribe gain, to the analog world so much yeah gain some sort of importance back to yourself on, on this note i think we should uh, sort of finish off for today i think <laughs> we should we've bored our audience enough um steve where can we find you on the interwebs on the interwebs sort of being proud to be part of filofaxi.com and travelersnotebooktimes.com and you can find me on the Instagram on at Karina Tovmasian. And you can also find me poking Steve around somewhere on Facebook at Planerology. Yeah.